Hey, we got Lisa. Damn, getting some, getting the right people in here today. How's it going, Carter? It's going good. I woke up today feeling optimistic and hopeful. Just excited, man. Excited. I feel that. Yeah, I, uh, I felt pretty optimistic <clears throat> after leaving. Miami yesterday and realizing there was a hurricane coming right behind us. I felt pretty good about getting out there on like perfect timing. So feeling happy to be back and uh, diving back into everything Shane's secret. What was the, maybe for the, the audience, what was the sentiment like out there and, and any, any interesting conversations around privacy? Well, I'll say on the, privacy thing there there wasn't a single person that i met um at the events i went to this past weekend that was not um incredibly like that wasn't uh that didn't believe in the ethos that like shade protocol um has at the core of its um at, at its center there was no one that I talked to that thought that privacy was irrelevant. There was no one I talked to um, that thought the the work that protocols and networks like Secret and Shade are doing. I um, mean, actually, it was it, it was actually very encouraging to see that much positivity surrounding uh, the work that we're doing. Um, you know, it was mostly ETH events that I was going to, and one of the interesting takeaways that I had was like. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, Cosmos activity or engagement being, you know, down, dead. And Carter, you and I, we had uh, kind of talked about this yesterday as well. But that that same sentiment and I guess the reality being felt by the builders in this space is true on ETH, right? They might not feel it as much because there's so many like magnitudes of difference, magnitudes of differences in their user bases and the money that might be available in that ecosystem. But like the sentiment is still being felt in a very similar way. So it's kind of interesting. You get to uh, uh, (laughs) connect with people uh, on a few different regards there. Overall, it was a great weekend. Hey, sorry. What's up guys? (laughs) Just having some trouble getting up on stage. All good. What's going on? Not Not too much. Not too much. Looking out for that hurricane as well. Supposed to be here Thursday, I think. Yeah, I'm already starting to get some of the uh, some of the tail ends of it, or I guess the the outer edges of it here, but still pretty tame so far. Makes it nice to be inside working on the computer building. 
Yeah, you never know those things that could just completely change course and we get nothing. You never know. All right, we'll get started in just one minute. I think we're still trying to get one more person on the stage. I'm also trying to get co-hosts, but it doesn't seem to be working today. Carter, you mentioned you woke up bullish today. Any any indication of what's driving that bullishness or just like full of energy today? Uh, I think seeing the ETH vaults get used today, we saw the vault utilization jump from 30% to 58%. Someone brought in a couple hundred ETH and it's just really cool to see, you know, that MetaMask support actually driving usage of ETH on secret, you know, and that they're minting out silk and... I actually, based off of volume on the Silk USDC pool, I'm guessing these folks that are minting stuff out are probably opening up vaults, minting out Silk, selling it for USDC, and probably bridging it out, which is a really smart strategy because you got 0% interest, 0% borrowing, and your lending position is protected, which is exactly what, that's kind of the, the dream of privacy as a service is, is, is protecting user metadata while still allowing them to experience the utility of DeFi that they know and love. So just bullish on 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 secret secret ethereum bullish on having the the rails and the distribution and accessibility to pull in ethereum collateral and users into the secret network ecosystem yeah i know that was one of the the first use cases we really talked about uh at least from shade's perspective of being able to allow eth users to bridge in eth directly uh on the shade bridge interface take out this loan swap for usdc and bridge back out and now they've got a um you know this loan against their eth that has protected liquidation points and they can go do DeFi or whatever in their ecosystem they feel comfortable in. they don't necessarily have to stay with it you know keep that capital within uh, the shade protocol ecosystem um, for us to be able to uh, you know be able to get some value from that for the protocol to feel the value from that all right let's go ahead and kick this thing off officially Welcome to Secret Spaces, everybody. Thanks for joining. This is a weekly Twitter space featuring contributors to Secret Network and news and updates from around the ecosystem. Today, we're talking to some very familiar faces, the Shade Protocol team, and they have a huge announcement. They've actually already made the announcement, but we're going to be talking about what exactly this means for Shade and for Secret and really for the Cosmos ecosystem as a whole. And that announcement is that Shade is now fully integrated with MetaMask. Very exciting, but before we get started, let's go ahead and introduce our guest. If you guys want to take it away, Carter, you can. And we'll start with Carter. Yeah, Carter, you go ahead first. Guys, Carter Wetzel here. Thanks for having us on this Secret Network Twitter space. Uh, I've been doing all things Secret Network and private DeFi for the last two or three years now. I'm the lead researcher, lead researcher at Shade Protocol, so I love evangelizing privacy. Um, the importance of it in in DeFi, and also do a lot of products product design. So yeah, that's me. Hey guys, uh, my name is behind the Shade Protocol account. I'm Red Eyed Bear. I work with uh, operations and marketing for Shade Protocol. All right, thanks guys. Well, we've already you guys kind of already jumped into the discussion, but let's. Let's pull back a little bit and start at the very basics, just in case there's anybody out there who has never heard of Shade Protocol and doesn't know what it is that you guys provide. Can you just give us a basic rundown of what Shade Protocol is? 
Sure. So Shade Protocol is a set of private smart contracts on top of Secret Network. And the smart contracts are multiple different products. We have a decentralized exchange. We have an over-collateralized lending platform. We have a stable coin. We have private staking derivatives. And we have um, IBC and Axelar bridge compatibility. And the dream of Shape Protocol is to, is to be the super app for private DeFi. We want to essentially create an entire economy around Silk, this, this private by default stablecoin uh, on Seeker Network. We believe that privacy is the key to unlocking the full value of a decentralized future, that privacy for DeFi will be obvious in hindsight. And we want to be the ones to be the first to build out all of the key DeFi primitives with privacy. Awesome. And you guys are well on your way to doing that, I think. Uh, over the past year, you've launched several new products, Shade Lend, uh, the Silk, Silk Stablecoin. You already had the Shade Swap Dex going. Um, so a lot of different products, a lot of good adoption so far. And I think with this latest announcement, you guys are seeing some new adoption, which is very exciting. So the past week, you guys announced that Shade is now fully integrated with MetaMask. Uh, I think we're going to pin that announcement in the space in just a minute in case anybody wants to check that out and see the specifics of what that announcement involves. Um, but let's let's dive into that. Um, how long of a journey has this been? And why exactly did the Shade team decide to take this on, um, this, this huge feat of fully integrating MetaMask into the Shade protocol depth? Absolutely. So I think we'll start with the why, because that's the most important one. Um, Cosmos as a whole has a huge distribution problem. For, for well over two years, there was essentially only one wallet, and it was, it was Kepler. And, you know, we've started to see a couple other ones with, with things, like, uh, things like Leap. But we actually started to go and talk to the users themselves. We, we, we literally were cold DMing people who were Ethereum users, hopping on calls with them, showing them the Shade Protocol application. And the resounding feedback was, wow, this is, this is amazing. Like, how do I start using this? And the very first thing we'd have to say is, oh, well, you need to have, you have to go install this other wallet. And then you go to this bridge page and you connect both the wallets. And like immediately a massive, massive turnoff. The, the expectation from EVM users is that their wallet should allow them to go anywhere they want. And to be honest, they're not wrong. The, the fact that we've, we've locked out millions and millions and millions of users from Cosmos is hugely problematic. It's problematic for institutional adoption. It's problematic on the liquidity front, on the user front. I don't know why Cosmos settled to, for not solving this problem sooner. And so once we realized that one of our greatest barriers of adoption for pulling in more users is, is we, we have to exist within a multi-chain and multi-wallet paradigm. And it's, it's, it's even one step further more complicated because it's, it's secret network. So privacy with viewing keys and permits, you know, create this very difficult challenge of like we, we not only we, we have to lower friction as much as humanly possible, especially when there's elements of privacy that can add additional friction to the UI UX. And so Austin 
and a couple of the other developers sent, set out, you know, six to nine months ago to completely redefine what it means to integrate a wallet into the Shade application. And I actually think this is one of the advantages of Seeker Network is that within that complexity of building with viewing keys and permits, it actually forces developers to make more generalized frameworks. So that was one of the strengths of Shade Protocol. The, the, the abstractions started a lot sooner than most other dev teams would be forced to do. Um, and so they, they kind of looked at wallets, looked at all the common functions across all of them, and, and made something internally that we called, call Shade Link. And it allows us to integrate any, any wallet, not just MetaMask. We, Shade Protocol will easily be able to add 15 to 30 wallets, easily. It, it's not difficult because we built such a generalized framework that is not opinionated. Most, most frameworks in Cosmos were opinionated towards like Kepler's API. And you, have, you know, if, if let's say someone launches a new wallet in Cosmos and it doesn't really match the Kepler standard, most teams kind of shrugged at it and were like, ah, that's fine, Kepler is the main one. But the world of crypto is so much bigger than Cosmos and the majority of liquidity and users are using Ethereum wallets. So if you truly want to scale secret DeFi, there has to be support for those users in those wallets. So I guess I'll pause there. I, I kind of I kind of lost the, the thread, but that was that was the why. Users that we literally talked to were like, I love what you're doing, but we can't use it. Like I don't I don't want to go install install a new wallet. I don't I don't want to import a new monic. I don't want to create a new monic. I trust what I have right now. Crypto has a huge distribution problem and we're here to help solve it. Yeah, and I think to to maybe sum up what Carter was saying, you know, one of the big reasons we sought out to provide this full DApp integration uh, with MetaMask is to just reduce friction points, right? Um, even within the Cosmos with native wallets that people are used to, like Kepler, you know, there are still friction points associated with uh, some of the privacy features that we have. And so overall, we're con as a protocol, we're constantly looking to reduce these friction points. And like Carter said, um, you know, wallets are one of the highest friction points for users kind of uh, experimenting in new DeFi ecosystems. And I think one of the really interesting things that we started realizing as we were building this generalized framework uh, for integrating wallets is that, you know, a lot of the new wallets that are popping up in the Cosmos, barring a few more specialty uh, wallets, are, they're kind of like Kepler clones, right? And so that in itself makes it extremely easy for us to integrate any of these Kepler clones. And, and the same can be said for MetaMask, right? So like one of the hidden benefits of being so early to full MetaMask support is that we also open up compatibility to open up compatibility to all of these MetaMask clone wallets or wallets that you can import your MetaMask seed phrase into, which like if I'm being just bluntly honest, this is so freaking cool. Like the and to be clear, I didn't even know this was going to be a thing. You know, I'm a non-technical person, but uh, we started having users reporting uh, back like within a few hours of us announcing that we have full support that they were able to successfully connect other wallets such as like Rabi Wallet, Trust Wallet, and a few other notable browser extension wallets. So like sum up my personal bullishness in a few quick statements like this is unlocking seamless access to private DeFi on Shade Protocol for a user base that is at like a bare minimum 5x the size of Cosmos most, most active zones. 
um, where their onboarding user experience is no different than that of an L2. One last thing I'll slip in here too, a huge shout out to Secret Labs. They added the signature support that um, like Ethereum essentially has a specific hashing algorithm that you sign with. And they added support for this on Secret Network over a year ago. I think they actually did it before any other Cosmos team. But the problem is that there wasn't really any depth that took that work and took it to the next level, the next, the next set of steps. So we stand on the shoulders of giants here. Shout out to Secret Labs for making any of this possible on, on the base layer. Awesome stuff. And you guys, so I'm not sure if we mentioned it just now, but I think Shade is actually the first dApp within the entire Cosmos ecosystem that has full MetaMask integration. Is that correct? Oh, wait, my bad. I meant, I meant, I meant to hit the thumbs up. I <laughs> bad fingered the thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That was, that's huge. I guess maybe if you wanted to be more specific, Carter, correct me if I'm wrong, but definitely the first non-EVM dApps to fully support MetaMask. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah. So the first Cosmosm dApp. Makes sense. So there's other work being done um, by the Mystic Labs team. Some people may be familiar with that. They are building Cosmos, a Cosmos Snap for MetaMask. Um, and basically that is like an interface within the MetaMask wallet that will allow you to see um, token values and things like that. Whereas what Shade's been working on is, I guess maybe you guys can explain the differences better than I can, but basically Shade has made it so that you can use MetaMask for signing, but the values as far as like your token balances, how much secret you have, that still has to be shown, not within the wallet, but in the application user interface instead. Is that correct? Yes. So there's a big difference between displaying balances in a wallet interface compared to, you know, sending a transaction or signing any amount or any number of arbitrary transaction types. So snaps are going to be huge because they really complete the MetaMask experience from, you know, where you can click in the upper right hand corner of your browser, look at your MetaMask wallet, see how much secret you have. That's, that's kind of like the final piece of the puzzle. So very excited to get snaps onboarded into you know secret network and actually we're working with the mystic labs team where we've been sending them snippets of code to make sure that viewing keys and permits that that whole experience gets solved and that and that snaps get integrated onto secret network we've been doing the best we can to help mystic the mystic team with that um but right now on shade protocol like you can without even that wallet interface experience you can connect to metamask go to the portfolio page see all of your metamask secret network balances um sign any of the transactions with metamask so um snaps are really a quality of life thing and they're kind of a this the, the signing is much more challenging than the display of, of balances yeah yeah so like i guess uh if you wanted to uh, coin a term for this well i'm sure this uh, term has already been around but like shade is taking a, a walletless approach where you know, the MetaMask wallet is there as a transaction signer and nothing more. So we're we're counting on our own user interface to manage all the functionality you typically see out of a wallet. And, you know, both MetaMask snaps and this walletless uh, approach have their trade-offs. 
Um, but one of the interesting things that we've been considering is that wallets are always going to struggle to match the pace of application development. And for the most part, applications are really only thinking about their own user interface and not necessarily like what this is going to look like inside of a wallet or what this is going to look like on a, on some third party interface um, where the wallet is kind of used as this bridge between these multiple apps. So, um, you know, Right now, with the pace of Shade Protocol's development and everything we're looking to bring, uh, ideally by the end of 2023, we think this walletless approach is going to be best suited um, for for this next phase of growth. Some, some other rationale behind this too, because it's it's a really interesting question, is like, can a wallet actually provide a good user experience for a paradigm where there might be literally hundreds? of Cosmos SDK based chains, right? Like we're, we're talking, you got like a three by four inch area on your screen to try to manage hundreds of chains. It's like, there's not enough real estate to do that. There's literally not enough space within a, within a wall interface to provide a completely comprehensive multi-chain experience. So our, our kind of longstanding theory is the apps will eventually handle a lot of that portfolio and multi-chain paradigm because they actually have the real estate and space on the screen to do that. And then the wallets will essentially just be signers. We, we don't think wallets will be, I mean, I'll, I'll, they'll try, right? They'll, they'll try, but when there's hundreds and hundreds of blockchains in this multi, like this, this huge, it, it, I think it's good. The onus will be on the apps to provide an excellent portfolio and multi-chain experience, not necessarily on the wallets. That's, that's, it's kind of a controversial take, um, but that's that's kind of our perspective on where things are headed in the next couple of years. So portfolio applications, kind of like Secret Dashboard or Kajira Fin. Yep. Those will be the, the main place that people interact with the chain, I guess, and the wallet will just be a pop-up that people click to interact. Yep. Yeah, so like if you're holding Silk or, or Shade or whatever, you would go to the actual application page too to see your balances rather than go into, for example, like going into your Kepler UI and scrolling through your token list and trying to find your SNP 20. It'll just be there on the application interface. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So walk us through how like an Ethereum user who's never used Shade or Secret or maybe even any Cosmos application before in their life, all they have is a MetaMask wallet and they have some Ethereum sitting in there but they're curious, they hear about private DeFi and they want to try it out. So they go to Shade Protocol website. Um, how, do they, how do they onboard into this private DeFi ecosystem? So they will go to the app.shadeprotocol.io bridge page. And on that bridge page, um, they'll connect their wallet. They'll, they'll connect their MetaMask wallet. And once they've connected the wallet, they... The, the bridge page will automatically shift where the origin chain is Ethereum and the destination address is Secret Network. They'll be able to then enter in an ETH amount and bridge it right on over, all in one wallet, all in essentially one to two clicks, just like any other kind of L2 Ethereum experience. And then when their Ethereum arrives, it will be in the private wrapped version of Ethereum because we use the ICS 20 standard that Secret Labs implemented. And then this is kind of the final piece of the puzzle. This is actually exactly what 
Austin's working on building right now is we're extending the fee grant module um, to Ethereum bridge users. So then you'll be able to essentially click on a, you know, get gas button, you'll be able to get free secret, um, and then you'll be able to begin with your ETH beginning to, to traverse uh, Shape Protocol, Shape Protocol DeFi. So yeah, we're, we're, there's still like one and a half steps left to kind of tweak. We, we want to make the bridging experience a little bit more seamless because bridging takes, you know, 10, 15 minutes because it's Ethereum and things are slow. So we want to make sure to provide a user interface that says, hey, like there's been 44 block confirmations, 88 block confirmations, and like walk the user through where their bridge transaction is at. Right now we're still, there's not enough information for the user in our opinion. And then the second thing we're going to solve for is make sure that the gas grant gets extended to um, people that have bridged Ethan. But as a whole, all you need is your MetaMask wallet. You don't need a Kepler wallet. And it should all be in two to three clicks for, to, to get your ETH into Shade Protocol and Secret Network. How much work do you think it would be for other Secret Network applications to complete this kind of integration? Would they be able to take some of your work and build off of that? Or would it be like starting from scratch just because of how much work has to go into the contract integration? So the biggest thing is we have something called uh, query off. It's so, how do, how do I describe this? Essentially there's, there's a smart contract that Shape Protocol uses that manages viewing keys and permits. And it's very important to use this smart contract because MetaMask is expecting a certain type of message in order for it to display as a safe transaction to sign. And so when we originally started with MetaMask support, we could sign transactions, but there would be, be these massive pop-ups that are like, this message is dangerous. Are you sure you want to sign this thing? This is dangerous, this is dangerous, this is dangerous, right? So using this query auth smart contract, we're able to reformat kind of the payload that was signed such that MetaMask interprets it and is like, oh, actually like this is, you know, this is, this is a safe, normal looking transaction. So for any dev like looking to integrate, you, you're really gonna need something like query auth smart contract built on top of your other smart contracts. So there is a degree of complexity and that's why it did take us, you know, six to nine months to get this figured out. And, you know, something Shade Protocol, I think would probably be able to do in a, you know, in a couple months where we're heads down developing there, there, there's not a extra second that's just sitting around unused, but I would love for us to be able to build out a tutorial for other people to add MetaMask support um, within, within Secret Network, help other dApps be able to achieve that. But it's not for the faint of heart. It's, it is a difficult thing to do. But then once the framework is there and you've implemented, implemented it, sky's the limit for extending it. It's just getting it there is not for the faint of heart. Got it. And so you guys talked a little bit about the next phase of, I guess, this initiative of bringing in Ethereum users into Shade Protocol. First, you have the wallet integration. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about like what's coming next? I don't know at what stage those plans are trying to bring in more liquidity from the Ethereum side. Yeah, Red, maybe you want to talk about... There's going to be some campaigns around that. Red, maybe you want to talk about a little bit about some of the ETH staking derivatives, perhaps? Yeah, so this is a... I mean, if you take a look at the approach Shade Protocol has taken for building kind of this seamless UI and, and how focused we are in the user experience, right? There are a lot of different you know corners of the protocol that we're looking to improve. 
uh, one of the things specifically talking about the the early parts of this ETH onboarding, um, you know, we we are going to want to add uh, bridge support for ETH L2s in the future as well to to help reduce the, the bridging costs associated with individuals wanting to bridge over from uh, Ethereum or Ethereum adjacent ecosystems into uh, Secret Network, but. Yeah, specifically talking about Ethereum liquid staking derivatives, that's going to be a huge part in helping reduce the opportunity cost for individuals looking to uh, participate in Ethereum DeFi. Um, if anyone has been following uh, sort of Shade Protocol and the product launches and, and sort of the value props that we've been elaborating over the past few months, you'll know that uh, Shade Swap, which is a hybrid DEX, um, that utilizes a novel asymmetric concentrated li liquidity curve is particularly useful for swapping uh, uh, liquid staking derivatives and their underlying layer ones. And this is not something that's specific to Cosmos-based assets. This can be extended to any liquid staking derivatives. And so we're very interested in being able to onboard ETH liquid staking derivatives from a wide variety of... Uh, LSD providers for both uh, shade swap pools. That way, individual liquidity providers, um, you know, that opportunity cost to be able to utilize their ETH and earn yield from it, whether it be from uh, LP incentives or from trading fees, uh, they'll be able to do that. But also being able to enable liquid staking derivatives for ETH as collateral to borrow silk is going to be a huge thing. Um, the it's really interesting comparing the the adoption rate <clears throat> of ETH liquid staking derivatives and Cosmos liquid staking derivatives, um, and you know Lido and Rocket Pool and and uh, Stater and a few other uh, LSD providers have gained some incredibly significant um, traction o over the past year, and we're looking to be able to extend the utility for those. Uh, Ethereum liquid staking derivatives within our private DeFi suite. So users will be able to take this Ethereum liquid staking derivative that's auto-compounding uh, their ETH staking rewards and borrow Silk against it uh, currently for 0% borrow fees and 0% interest. And so they will effectively, if Ethereum's price doesn't change, right, they'll be able to take out this loan that's like slowly, not repaying itself, but your LTV is slowly, slowly going down. Um, and you're able to do whatever you want with this silk. You know, you can swap it for USDC, bridge it back to Ethereum and do something with that USDC. You could keep the silk within the Cosmos ecosystem and be able to do other things with it. You can hold it for its hedging properties, uh, like its uh, global volatility hedging properties. Um, so the Ethereum liquid staking derivative uh, possibilities are particularly interesting. Um, I mean, this this also opens up the door for easier onboarding uh, for for arbitrage players uh, going between Ethereum DEXs and Cosmos DEXs like ShadeSwap. Um, it, it's really hard to nail down like what I think are the the, the biggest value propositions of this because it feels like the more I think about it, I keep finding these other things like, oh shit, we didn't think about this. Like this is going to be really big. So, uh, Carter, is that? <laughs> What about you? Like, what what are you most excited for? Is kind of like the next steps. Well, I think I think the big next step is having sufficient liquidity to convince ETH whales to open up lending positions here. 
Um, so I think there will be a very large Ethereum incentive campaign. I think there's a very big opportunity. Honestly, like there isn't much ETH liquidity in the cosmos. It's like it's it's, it's under eight to nine million dollars easily. So I think there's a good chance once the bridge gets smoothed out, once we get fee grant fully stable, that you can expect to see a very large ETH campaign where we're trying to capture as many liquidity providers as possible and get them on the Silk uh, STE pool or whatever whatever the liquid staking derivative of choice ends up being. And then from there, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be word of mouth because if you can open up a private loan as a whale and not worry about the whole world knowing your liquidation price point, and it's 0% interest, 0% borrow, and there's actually good liquidity on the decks to use that token you just minted out, like that is huge. That is huge. And, and, the, and the best part about private DeFi is once you get used to it and once you start using it, it's very hard to like leave it. So it's, I think it's it, the, the properties of it, the protections and the security are very, very sticky. And I think our retention rates are going to be a lot higher than a lot of these other you know, products that like they don't really have a differentiator. Like it, it's kind of a race to the bottom of everyone's transparent. So we have to try to compete on liquidity. And competing on liquidity is very, 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 very expensive. But Secret Network gives this privacy moat for us that permanently differentiates us from, from anyone else. And I, I, we're waiting to see other private DeFi suites emerge, but Shade is the first to do it this cohesively and in this big of a fashion. And I think when we have our moments, that, that inflection point where suddenly there's you know, 200 million in liquidity and the whole world is watching, Everyone's going to be like, it was so, it was such an obvious thing to do in hindsight. And I, and I, I think Shade has a two-year lead, like legitimately, a two-year lead on any other private DeFi suite. And our goal is to expand that moat as much as possible and um, keep, keep pushing the boundaries of what private DeFi can accomplish on Secret Network. And, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, the... The novel curve that we utilize for derivative and stable swaps is in incredibly efficient um, for being able to facilitate swaps between liquid staking derivatives and their underlying layer ones and between stable coins, right? So I know I'm not the only one, I'm speaking for myself here, I know I'm not the only one who is comparing swaps on ShadeSwap and Osmosis or ShadeSwap and Crescent or ShadeSwap and, and something else. And you know, you notice, let's say, a few cent difference a dollar difference depending on the size of your trades and then you think about all right what are the what are the values that aren't necessarily being quantitatively uh um like uh, represented here in this swap trade and and that ability to not have your at, not have your trades be front run and not have your your balances be public is such a value prop that I've almost stopped even considering the you know the alternatives like do I really care about this ten cent uh, extra bit that I'll get in my swap if all my stuff is public and I have the potential for having my swap front run and I actually get a worse trade as a result I'd rather just not even worry about it you know don't have to worry about value extraction don't have to worry about people snooping on your balances it's like you, I think you hit it on the 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 nail on the head, Carter. Once you get used to the the benefits of private DeFi, you really don't want to go back <laughs> to public DeFi. And I and I think the story of front running is private DeFi has lacked liquidity, but if we can achieve that liquidity, 
large traders will begin to realize that they can trade on a DEX where zero, there's no value extraction from them. I can make a million, $2 million trade and no one's going to front run and punch $6,000 out of me because I'm on a transparent blockchain. Like that is a huge deal. The importance of MEV scales with liquidity. And that's why I think, you know, Secret Network and Shade and, and maybe some other private things out there have all tried to be like, oh, like we're MEV resistant, we're MEV resistant. But most people look at it and be like, yeah, but you have no liquidity. So like, who cares, right? Like I'm, I'm just saying these, these, are, these are truthful, painful things to admit, but it's the truth. But once the liquidity gets there, then they're gonna look over and be like, wait a second, I can make a large trade and have no value extracted? Whew, that's a competitive advantage. That's, that's, heck yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go do that every day of the week compared to Uniswap. Because Uniswap has, you know, 50 layers of abstraction of, of MEV bots and democratized MEV markets, and I have to pay money to protect my transaction from being front run, and, but I'm still paying a fee to protect myself from extraction that should have never existed in the first place. Like, a, how absurd is that? Private DeFi is fair, it's equitable, it's the future. 100% could have said it better myself, Carter. Um, I would love to talk about how Shade's MetaMask integration also fits into the overall secret Ethereum vision, which is kind of what we're working on at the network level right now. We just pinned, I think it's pinned, um, there's a tweet showing the announcement, the secret Ethereum announcement, if you want to check that out. But basically, the whole idea is to bridge the gap between the Ethereum and secret ecosystems and really just make it a seamless experience, both on the user level, which is mostly what we've been talking about right now um, for DeFi users, and also at the developer level later on. Um, and a big part of that is coming up soon through privacy as a service. Next month, we will be doing a network upgrade, which will allow XLR GMP to be used with secret network. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with that, it is a cross-chain general messaging protocol, and it will basically allow contracts on Ethereum to communicate with contracts on Secret. And we'll basically be able to export private computation is a way you could think about it. Um, we're bringing the private computation to Ethereum, something that they do not have access to right now. Um, it enables them to build things that they cannot build with Ethereum alone. So Extremely exciting stuff, and part of that is the user experience as well, just making that user experience seamless. We want Ethereum users to be able to use a secret application, um, just be amazed at the benefits and the new use cases that they provide, and but at the same time, not even realize maybe that they're using a Cosmos ecosystem application um, not even realize that they're not using an Ethereum application would be great because really all a user cares about is like the end result. What what are they getting out of this? They don't care about like usually they don't care about the technology behind it, like what ecosystems is a part of, what programming language is written in. To the end user, it's all about how easy is it is it to use. Um, how can I make money from this? <laughs> That's the idea behind using DeFi. So um, yeah, secret. Ethereum is a huge idea, and I'm really excited that Shade Protocol is taking a big part in it by um, starting off with this MetaMask integration.
and it, just to kind of echo privacy as a service, like Seeker Network by, you know, 2024 is going to be the largest exporter of private compute. Like the way I think about it is Seeker Network is kind of the HTTPS for smart contracts and other applications. And you're going to, you're, you're going to see, like, I think five, 10 years from now, the expectation will be privacy for certain metadata and, and a certain level of security that gets exported, or I should say imported, I suppose, from, from Secret Network. So it's, Secret Network is so well positioned and it's been building and building and building quietly for three years. And with, with this Axelar integration for, for builders outside of Secret Network to begin tapping into the attributes of Secret Network, it, it, it makes Secret Network this, this massive hub and provider and there's there's so much value there and and, and um, I'm just excited to see all the use cases that emerge from it and I'm excited to see Seeger Network become the undisputed hub for, for private compute. Yeah, I'm almost picturing, you know, these uh, these service aggregators, regardless of what ecosystem you're in, like obviously we're talking about Ethereum right now, but I'm imagining service aggregators like Dex aggregators, or if you could have like borrowing lending aggregators that that integrate the ability to you know make these uh, private swaps where you don't have to um, be front runner. You can uh, search for the best place to be able to borrow against your uh, your ETH or your wrapped Bitcoin or whatever Ethereum assets you have, and being able to tie that in natively on these. Um, on these ETH-based service aggregators is also, I think, going to be a really interesting value proposition where, you know, they they don't even know they're bridging into, like they're bridging their assets into secret network or being able to um, do these particular things. I might be thinking slightly outside of the scope of what you're specifically talking about here, Patrick. Um, and think about too, like unstoppable wallets, like the ability to sign transactions as a multi-sig privately on Seeker Network for things on Ethereum. Like the, there, there will be wallet products that emerge that are only possible because of, because of Seeker Network. And uh, you know, a good example of this is like Fireblocks. They're really kind of this institutional web two product that manages a lot of capital, a lot of wallets. And I think with unstoppable wallets that, that guys this game kind of outlined and with this, um, ability to tie Seeker Network to Ethereum transactions in a really cool way, um, I think there's going to be some awesome Web3 alternatives to Fireblocks that emerge. And that's, you know, the security of assets and, and, and the privacy of signers is a multi-billion dollar industry in its own right. Like that's that's a huge deal and, and Seeker Network is going to be able to provide that. Yeah, I'd like to go ahead and um, ask if anybody in the audience has any questions, we'll bring you on stage. If you have any questions for Shade Protocol or the Secret Team, go ahead and put your hand up and we'll bring you on stage. Um, but in the meantime, anything else you guys wanted to cover, uh, Shade guys? I think we've pretty much covered everything. I guess the only other thing I'll, I'll tease is we've officially, well, it's not really a tease. We've officially closed a, a deal with the Finna Team. So you can expect to see a card tab uh, inside of the Shade app and people will be able to load up cards with silk and actually use it in their everyday lives um it's it, the support initially is going to be for europe 
but this is going to be one of the first times that a SNP token is able to, you know, get tied into a, a payment solution and Shape Protocol looks forward to tightly partnering uh, with Finna on this. So anyways, that's just a fun, fun one. Awesome. So people will be able to buy things with Silk with their Finna card? Yes. Pay for a coffee using yes. Silk? <laughs> yes, sir. Privately. The vision is finally coming to uh, coming full circle. And I guess that silk will automatically get converted into the, like whatever currency is being yep. required on the other end. Okay, nice. Awesome. So here's a question for you guys um, while we wait on anyone in the audience that might have a question. How do you guys see the Cosmos as an ecosystem um, going forward? Do you think they're going to have a similar strategy of trying to bridge that gap between the EVM ecosystems and Cosmos and trying to bring over users and liquidity. Do you think other networks are thinking about that right now and maybe coming up with their own strategies? If you don't focus on distribution, you'll you'll really only ever be as big as the like your own local economy of, of whales and holders. So I think if places like Osmosis and Atom aren't hyper-focused on distribution, they'll only ever kind of be as big as they are right now. So I think to get to that next step, that next scale in liquidity and adoption, you have to go to the users. You have to. It is, just go talk, just literally go talk to the users. They will tell you they're not gonna use the product if like you don't make it as easy as possible for them to use you. So. Um, I hope that Cosmos becomes obsessed with, with onboarding L2s and all these different ecosystems. I think it's absolutely necessary um, if, we, if we want to compete with, with EVM chains. Yeah, and I'll say, at least from my perspective, one of the things that I think the Cosmos has struggled with for quite some time, and this is talking specifically about DeFi right now, is that there hasn't been a whole lot of unique utility that Cosmos DeFi products provide outside of general interoperability um, that Ethereum ecosystem users can't already access. And there has been the emergence of some really interesting, um, some protocols coming to light. Um, and I think, and you know, obviously I'm biased, but I, I truly do think that what Shape Protocol has built is one of the first DeFi applic or suites of DeFi applications that truly have a value proposition that can't be found anywhere else. Um, it can't be found in Ethereum, can't be found in Cosmos, and so like if you want to be able to leverage the this value prop like this automatic front running resistance, this, uh, these protected liquidation points, you know, and there's a whole lot of stuff that's actually, I try not to talk about this because, uh, I, I don't want to get people too bullish or too excited about something we're not super focused on right now, but like there's a whole lot of ability for private voting for, um, you know, you know, private leveraging private yield opportunities that are only available within uh, shade protocol right now that, I think the general cosmos, and then once we start really focusing full fledged on, uh, you know, attracting Ethereum users, 
that that people are really going to see the value proposition and how much it stands out against uh, incumbents. And there's there's a reason Secret Network has been a top five IBC chain in terms of traffic through all of the bear market. It's something that people don't talk about very often, right? We got lots of new Cosmos chains emerging, and yet despite all of that, Secret Network has quietly, without much attention, sat there at that fourth and fifth spot because it's being used and it's being used quietly. It, it, it's, it's, it's just the users, the users know what they like about it and they use it and they're not the, the loud users to go on Twitter and be like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. There's probably a correlation between the privacy ethos and keeping the oneself. Um, but if I had to make a bold prediction, this is a very bold prediction. I, I think Seer Network will be the largest Cosmos chain within the next three years. Which is extremely bold prediction, but I truly believe that it is more differentiated than any other app chain in Cosmos, and its attributes are absurdly valuable. And when the next market of liquidity comes, I think something special is going to happen. And maybe you can you can ah Carter's just a bull. That's absurd. Look at the osmosises, the atoms, the XLRs. But I I think Secret Network is onto something special, and I'm 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 Shade Protocol is excited to prove it to the world. Totally agreed with you there, Carter. I don't, I don't think you can be too bullish. It's, they don't it's even know what we've got cooking up in the background, Carter. You guys have some other alpha you want to share? Oh man, probably <laughs> not. Not yet. We'll give it. Give us. <laughs> give us five weeks, and we'll have the next set of like really big things to announce. Um, we're just we're excited to bring all the key DeFi primitives to see your network. We're we're hell bent on it, and um, it's gonna happen. We'll see sorry, for, sorry for teasing you like that, Patrick. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I didn't think we were going to actually get anything, but I figured I'd ask. Well, Secret is extremely lucky to have you guys on board building on Secret. Uh, thanks for all you guys do. Thanks for being here today to talk with us. I'm really looking forward to seeing what this Secret Ethereum vision turns into and how you guys can be a part of it. Thanks for having us on, Patrick. Always, always a pleasure. Um, it's exciting times. I mean, the Secret Network Foundation has new leadership under Lisa. Uh, Secret Labs recently announced uh, its new CEO with uh, Alex and Guy being able to go back and be purely focused on the cryptography side of things. I, I think there's just, there's a lot of things to be hopeful about. And we can be honest and say that a lot of mistakes were made in the last two years. That's, that's completely okay to admit. Um, but this network continues to build, continues to improve, the foundation is stronger than ever on a technical level. And, and, and when that's your starting point, only good things can happen. Pieces are falling into place. All right, well, thanks for coming, everybody. This has been Secret Spaces. We do this every Tuesday at 4 p.m. UTC. Catch us here next week. And so then, have a good one. They brought me on stage to ask a question, but didn't interest. What's up? You got a question? Be happy yeah. to answer it while the space is still open. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, as a an Ethereum user, I think you're going to get a lot of people like me who see this. You know, Secret can use MetaMask now, and um, that's that kind of boggles my mind. Like, how do they do that? What is the explain like I'm five on how you can use a stable? issued by a different chain on Ethereum that's private. 
That's a that's a great question. So uh, just to clear up uh, this nuance, any of the private by default assets such as Silk, the the stablecoin for Shade Protocol, when those leave Secret Network, so like if I wanted to currently uh, take Silk and trade it on Osmosis, there's a for anyone who's not aware, there's a uh, proposal up right now on Osmosis uh, forums to launch a supercharged uh, concentrated liquidity pool for Silk and USDT. When that silk goes there or when silk goes to Ethereum, it becomes a public asset. Just like regular ETH, just like USDC, any other ERC20s. But whenever you're utilizing silk on secret network, so like let's say you're providing liquidity for uh, silk on ShadeSwap, or let's say you're uh, you know lending out uh, silk on a future money market, or you're you're you know participating in liquidations, all of those interactions are all private by default, whatever you do with your silk is private. But as soon as you bridge that silk out or bridge your at whatever asset you might swap silk to out of secret network, it becomes a, a normal public asset. In the, in the scenario where you're borrowing against, let's say ETH, right? And you swap that silk back for USDC and bridge USDC out. The, the private part of your position is that no one knows what your liquidation points are. No one even knows that you have a loan against your Ethereum, right? Okay. Uh, they just see that you've got some USDC somewhere. Yep. Yeah. It'll just see that uh, there was a smart contract interaction on Secret Network. And uh, it was, you know, this USDC was bridged back to uh, Ethereum. I see. So even if. I get some USDC and it's public on Ethereum. I could have gotten that from Secret Network where I staked some LS, uh, LSTs or something like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So like if you, let's say you're earning, you know, you're generating yield on some shade protocol application and you want to rotate those rewards into ETH or USDC and bridge that out, right? No one on ETH is going to be able to tell what you did before you got this ETH. They're not going to be able to tell where, like the the I guess, um, yeah, like that all your at, interactions with the address that it originated from. Okay, and then as far as integrating with the rest of maybe um, EVM uh, DApps, Ethereum DApps, and whatnot, would do you see a future where the secret network and maybe even the you know the shade tokens? are supported there there's added support for that on an evm app because it, you can use metamask and so now you can bring your silk everywhere you go on ethereum as well yeah so that's a that's a great question and that's going to require uh you know efforts on our part to be able to uh, do outreach to these different applications one figure out you know, what user bases and what applications are most likely to benefit from, you know, integration with Silk. Um, but that that's definitely something that would need to be uh, partially done on our part. We want to make sure that Silk utility and liquidity is kind of first seeded within the cosmos. Um, obviously, top priority is within our own protocol suite, then looking at the most active and valuable DeFi markets within the cosmos, and then looking a little bit more externally, looking at some of the bigger uh, Ethereum markets that would make most sense to integrate Silk into. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, really appreciate your question.
Sorry, I actually dropped out of the space before I noticed we had somebody on stage. <laughs> it's all good. I think I my app was lagging. I saw, him, I saw him come up. I was like, eh, maybe Patrick will let it go another minute, and uh, I can answer this. But yeah, if, if anyone else doesn't have any questions, I think we can uh, close this out. Thanks again for having us on, Patrick. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure, guys. All right, have a good one. See you next week on Secret Spaces. Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first Come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash Is under the dirt We rape them under the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days got them acting all bankless Yo fam what? Check these token knocks They probing this bear flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down I'm just roasting knotters And then to end a long day 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom over impossible loss It's all moss and I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning forming mycological bonds Flick the cap though the road is highly involved Flip a coin diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is play for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release When I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs We got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king You better have some of each Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt, we rape and plunder the earth. Say and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Spaces. <laughs>